Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Getting you started on hour number three of this Thursday. Crazy wild Thursday. Both circuses in action at the same time tonight. Cowboys kick at 7.15. The Longhorns kick at 8. We will get you all the details coming up. But hour number three here on Chad and Zay starts with a beat. Specially chosen by Zay. Zay, I recognize this one. You recognize this? I kind of recognize this. So, my first lean is that it's got something to do with Eminem. Correct. Okay, um, and uh, is it? You should know where the beat's from, then. Connect the dots there. So, and it's a Dr. Dre beat, right? Right. It's a Dre beat, and it's um, I want to say it's off the is that the it's like the Eminem the Eminem show album maybe late on that record or is you it late know? on? A- that's interesting because I want to say there's a Watcher 1. The song's called The Watcher. The Watcher. And then there's a Watcher okay. 2. Yeah, I wasn't going to come up with that one. And but... I, this is The Watcher 1, but I, I want to say it's the same beat. And one's on the Dr. Dre album, okay, Chronic 2001, while Watcher 2 is on the Eminem album. Uh, so okay. I think that's where you're getting okay. that from. Okay, yeah. so I was right. Uh, yeah, you so were right. To hear that, yes. Because I've heard, I have, I've heard the Eminem stuff a little more than I've heard Dr. Dre. I'll admit I've heard most of the Chronic. I don't believe I've sat through the entire Chronic album like start to finish. Right. But I've heard a lot of that stuff, uh, and his beats are incredible. I've told you, that's the, that's, you know, if I could set up a weird, like, audio thing once I'm dead I would have it set where there's a motion sensor near wherever I'm either buried or wherever they throw the ashes or whatever where every time you walk by a Dre beat starts up just out of nowhere yeah. for no reason because I think it makes life much cooler oh man just his catalog's ridiculous what he's done with beats and then you know I mean like Dre beats the headphones and then his sure. actual beats like people forget he was the one on the board with all those NWA tracks and those classics you know Afro Police and all those crazy mm-hmm. legendary NWA songs Easy es albums and whatnot. so yeah Dre I think he's on the Mount Rushmore for beat making and also for one of my my fa- like favorite unsung movie uh, sequels. Not only do you get Gabrielle Union in Bad Boys Two, Ooh. but you get Dre beats everywhere. Everything in that movie has a Dre beat behind it, and it makes yeah. it that much better. Yeah, love yeah. that movie. Yeah, love that. I'll even endorse the third one. I went and saw the third one. I'll, I'll even endorse the yeah. The that one's alright, but the second one's one of the better sequels. It that is. You're gonna it's find. a good sequel. Yeah. Solid sequel. All right, a uh, lot of stuff going on today. It is football everywhere, and it is a truly unique. Experience. 
experience. I can't come up with another time that the Longhorns and Cowboys have kicked in primetime on the same night. Certain crossovers over the years, but nothing quite like this. Now the question has, is becoming how much the Cowboys are going to be playing all of their big-time starters because Tennessee apparently is not. Tennessee is going to start Joshua Dobbs at quarterback. They're going to sit uh, Derrick Henry, apparently. He's listed as doubtful, but with that hip injury. And again, they can't get the division or lose anything tonight. So it's all about next week against Jacksonville. They're also going to sit Jeffrey Simmons and two or three of the other starters on defense. And now, uh, Zay, we are starting to get word that Tony Pollard is out tonight. I'll take it. That report is starting to get out there that the Cowboys are going to counter with no Tony Pollard in this game, despite the fact that a one seed is still technically available, not available, technically possible if they can get some help. Remember, Eagles are going to have to lose their last two games, but it's still technically possible. So the Cowboys, in my mind, should still play this game pretty regular, pretty normal. Uh, Yeah. I guess so, but no Tony Pollard. You know what that means. Dak Prescott, 55 oh, attempts tonight. come on. We're breaking records. You're going to turn this into Star like a – back, Troy Aikman, Tony Romo, however many yards y'all used to oh, throw up. We're breaking Lord. that. We're going for 500, seven touchdowns. Everybody eats tonight. Wow. Everybody, oh. buffet style. We're all eating. C.D. Lamb, we're trying to put you up there for first team all wide receiver crew, get you about three of them things tonight, maybe 180 t- 80 yards, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? Like, let everybody eat. To give you more confidence going into next week against the Commanders and into the playoffs, seeing whatever the Eagles do. I don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to play this week against New Orleans. I don't know if it's going to be Gardner Minshew. Either way, the Eagles should take care of business. But you can't worry about them things. You mm. just got to worry about you. And Tony Pollard's out. I'm Kellen Moore. I'm Big Mike. Tonight is Dak Prescott's night. Yep. Everybody shut all them turnovers, all them interceptions that he's thrown mm-hmm. since week seven, since he's been back, you know, to a game. He threw that one last week. I think he has over, a, uh, you know, over a dozen or around a dozen. It's about 11. It's, it's about 11. Yeah, it ain't good. The, ain't... Mo- the most of anyone since he got back. Okay. Oh, well. We're still throwing <laughs> that thing tonight. <laughs> oh, well. The more I hear you talk about it, the more I think the final score tonight is going to be like 1917. It it can't be that. No, I hope not. I I hope it's not that. Cowboys and Titans tonight. That gets week 17 started in the NFL. Uh, And as we told you this week, there is only one winning matchup in the NFL. We will get to that. We'll talk more uh, of the NFL coming up. Of course, we're getting you ready for Texas and Washington as well. Real quick. Rest in peace to the great Pele. He died today at the age of 82. Greatest soccer player that ever lived, according to many, 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 many in that world. And he uh, he succumbed today to all the things he'd been dealing with. He'd been putting up a hell of a fight for years now. Cancer, kidney issues, heart issues, and he is dead at the age of 82 today. Uh, certainly Mount Rushmore. That is not in the discussion for soccer oh, yeah, people. Oh, I'm not even close there. But he's probably the greatest that ever played the game. So three World Cup titles with Brazil, and uh, and he died today. Sad to report, but yep. uh, but sometimes we have to do that. Yo, one of my favorite movies of all time, underrated Will Ferrell movie, one of his best in my book, Kicking and Screaming. 
where he's coaching his son's soccer team. Oh, I've never seen that one. And the person that his assistant coach is is Mike Dicka. Okay. And Mike Dicka has some type of nuts rivalry with Will Ferrell's dad in the movie, which is Robert Duvall. Okay. So picture those guys going at yeah. it. Will Ferrell's insane, and he wants to get back at his dad too because back in the day when Pele was playing, he had a penalty kick. And he kicked the ball in the stands, and it landed in Will Ferrell's arms. Oh, no. And Robert Duvall stole it from him and like <laughs> put it in his house and <laughs> didn't allow Will Ferrell to have oh, the ball. So that's that funny. haunted Will Ferrell in that movie for the rest of the movie and probably the rest of his life in that movie. And, yeah, that just shows how big Pele was. Oh, man, just, yeah, such an icon, such an icon. There are certain athletes during – my life during our lives that become that next level, just next level icon. And Ali, Pele, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods immediately come to mind. Um, but athletes like that, where it just it crosses over. The Williams sisters are probably in that category. Yeah, Brady, uh, Tom Brady certainly. There's a lot of those guys on those on that list. And uh, Pele is one of the first. Uh, that I think of, you know, in my lifetime, he and Ali would be as I'm growing up before Michael becomes Michael, yeah. before Tiger, before all that stuff. It was really those two guys, yeah, in terms of international, you know, uh, international fame and everything. So just a sad story to hear today. Uh, Pele dead at the age of 82. Uh, so in terms of NFL stuff, you got Cowboys and Titans tonight. Monday night is the only winning game. It's Buffalo and Cincinnati. And the top of the AFC is so good right now in terms of the drama, Zay, because this is, you talk about every year I always look at who ends up with the home field, who ends up with home playoff games, Buffalo, Kansas City, and technically I think Cincinnati's still technically alive for it if those two teams both lost. But where that game occurs, who gets the bye? Who gets that home, that key home game or home games in this case? That is huge. And Buffalo, Cincinnati in Cincinnati Monday is a monster game for that. If Buffalo wins and Kansas City loses, Buffalo will get that one seed. Kansas City's going to need to play it all the way out since Buffalo beat them. Uh, they're going to need Buffalo to lose twice. Um, you know, lose twice to get it for sure. Uh, because if they end up tied, it's Buffalo that'll have it. But Buffalo can clinch that this week if Kansas City loses. Unfortunately, though, Kansas City is hosting Denver. This, yeah, this week. <laughs> uh, who took over for Denver? Who took over for Nathaniel Hackett? Um, that's a great question. I didn't see who they named. I don't, see, interim. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe they'll pull like a Drew Brees situation in Purdue and just bring in John Elway and say, "You coach on <laughs> oh. the sideline." But I don't yeah, know if they want that. Yeah, Aaron Russell Wilson on the podium. He took a lot of ownership to Nathaniel Hackett getting canned. Like, hey, I came here from Seattle. Everybody expected me to do well. It wasn't like Coach Hackett was preaching. You know bad gospel to us guys on the field weren't producing like myself so you know our guy salute Russell Wilson for doing that because he's had a rough go this year Mm -hmm. from inside the locker room to on the field and their coach somebody has to go down with the ship and their coach was the one to go down with it so I expect the Chiefs to handle that game and yeah that Monday night football game with the Bengals who are rolling right now they're one of the top teams you know in the league they have a lot of momentum T Higgins 
Wiggins is healthy. Jamar Chase is healthy. Joe Mixon's back in there. They got a little, uh, you know, little thunder and lightning with P- uh, St. Pierre and stuff. And we know Joe Burrow, he doesn't back down for nothing. He just has a championship DNA. We saw that with at LSU with Coach Orgeron. Mm-hmm. And he's came back from a lot of injuries, you know, that big injury that he had his rookie season where he basically tore everything in his knee to come back and have that moxie and just have the toughness to sit in the pocket. And he still takes hits. Like that offensive line is still not good. They yep. were really bad last year when that team went to the Super Bowl, Man, and I, they're not that much better yeah, this year. Just a little bit, but just a not ti- a ton. Yeah, just a tiny yeah, bit. So point. it's all about him getting the ball out of his hands and letting those playmakers, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, really go to work. And on the other side with the Bills, it's just they rely so much on Josh Allen. I know Stephon Diggs is there. I know they got Gabe Davis, Singletary, you know, at times. But Josh Allen, at the end of the day, if he does doesn't play well, then they're going to lose. That's just what yep. it is. Like he, he's always running the ball. He's their best running back. We know what he could do with his arm. And yeah, he's kind of the one that you know. I, I think they need him more for Buffalo than the Bengals need Joe Burrow to play well. Like we saw Joe Burrow, he had a hmm. few interceptions yeah. against New England. They still won the game because the defense was still stingy. I don't know if we could say that completely about the Bills. Like Josh Allen, who's been playing out of his ass this season, he he has to play well every game or they're going to be in trouble. Uh, and as I was going back over the – oh, yeah, I was going back over the Bengals' schedule – the reason the Bengals are still in this thing, they beat the Chiefs. Yeah. So if they all ended up tied, they would have beaten. If they beat Buffalo, they would end up with a. T- they'd have the same record at that point, and they'd have that tiebreaker, and they beat Kansas City. So they win a tiebreaker with either team. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes has never beaten Joe Burrow. They played three Ooh, times. Okay. They, he's never beaten them. Uh, the forgot Bengals about that. are the one that knocked them out in the playoffs last year. That's right. And, yeah, they beat them this year. So that's their kryptonite. That is big time on uh, on Monday night. Also, on the other side of the NFL, on the weird, bad, crazy side, uh, yesterday we told you that Derek Carr had been replaced as the starter. Here's a little more on that story, Zay. Uh, they have officially, you know, Jarrett Stidham is going to be the starter. By the way, the backup for the Raiders is Chase Garbers. You ever heard of Chase Garbers? Nah. If you can tell me right now without looking where he went to school, <laughs> I'll give you $5. Chase Garbers. Chase Garbers. This is his first year in the league. He's Good the backup grief. technically for the Raiders. $5 right now if you can tell me where he went to school. Middle Tennessee. <laughs> oh, I wish you were right. He went to Cal. Damn. He went to Cal. I had not remembered that name when I looked it up today. I'm like, wait, who is the backup? So not only is Derek Carr out of this game, did you hear he's stepping away from the team? Wow. They all agreed, he and McDaniels and everyone, he's going to step away to avoid distraction. That's toxic. So they're still saying, well, technically there's an opening, you know, there might be a situation for next year or whatever, but they are now letting him step away. The idea is that this is so he doesn't get hurt, so that maybe if they wanted to trade him, they could. If they trade him by, like, it's somewhere around the Super Bowl. They can trade him. They can take a cap hit that's a little bit less because he signed a a big deal in the last couple years. But they can get around it if they drop him by a certain time. I thought that was weird. By the way, I didn't realize this. He's had 91 straight starts. 91. The only other guy in the league that has more is Tom Brady with 108. 
Yeah, you can't say the guy's not durable. They're just looking right in the face of 91 starts and saying, forget it. And the story you brought up yesterday, they did interview Devontae Adams yesterday and asked him all about it. He said, obviously, I'm not thrilled about this. A lot of the other guys aren't. And he said clearly to the media, this is obviously a really good friend of mine. He said, and the reason I came here. Yeah. He said, I would not be here without him and then they followed up appropriately and said, hey, well, does this, you know, does it make you reconsider your future and blah, blah, blah. And he said, look, right now, I'm just trying to focus on these last two games. We got San Francisco coming up and whoever, he didn't even know who they played the last game. Uh, at least he didn't say it. So we'll do that. And then, you know, well, that's all I'm trying to focus on right now. Aaron Rodgers is at home right now popping pills, laughing in his really, <laughs> really expensive chair wow. thinking, hey, hey, hey Devontae. Grass ain't always greener. I know it's some cold-ass grass up here, uh-huh. but it ain't always greener on the other side, my friend. Now you want to go be with your best friend, your buddy, your college roommate? Look what's going down. You're the worst team in that – well, not the, quite the worst team, but you're the second-worst team in that division. Your basically organization has given up on the quarterback and your guy, and, yeah, look what the situation you're in. Yeah, both literally and figuratively when you go to Vegas, the grass is sometimes not always greener. Sometimes it's not even grass. It's, not, it's, 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 it's rocks. It's those stones they lay out, you know, so to make sure. To, Gosh, that's brutal. Dude, that is crazy. So, yeah, he's going to step away and not even be a part of the team for the last couple of games. I don't agree with that. I don't either. He's done too much for that organization. He's a three-time pro bowler. You could have the decency to let him be on the sideline and at least try to be a leader. Right. Like, I, you know, talk about not trading him for his health. I get that. Or, you know, wanting to yeah. trade him for do, his health. I understand that. Do what the Colts did with Matt Ryan. Yeah. Matt Ryan was a man enough to stand there and be whatever leader he could be and stay out of the way or whatever. You don't trust Derek Carr? Is he, is he like malicious to like sabotage these quarterbacks and like just give them the wrong info on purpose so he can get back out there on Look, some petty stuff? Dude, there's no threat there because first off, if you ask Derek Carr, to tell you who Chase Garbers is. I don't think he could ID him. <laughs> I don't think he even knows who the guy is right now, the backup quarterback. The dude was literally crying for your organization when they were like 2-7 and seven at one point a year. Uh-huh. Then they put on like three wins, and now he has an awful game in Pittsburgh, like 16 for 30, 174 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. I get that, but dude. yeah, th- this is cold-blooded. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Raiders and the Niners is a 3-0-5 start. On Sunday, so the extra part of it is that Niners defense is coming after Jared Stidham. Everybody remember Jared Stidham, both at Baylor and Auburn. One of the key things about Jared Stidham is I know right where he's going to be. <laughs> Guess what? So does Bosa. Yeah, and so does the every, and so does uh, uh, so does Warner, and so does Kinlaw, and so does the rest of that defense. Yeah, if you're Nick Bosa, who looks like he's going to be Defensive Player of the Year, I'm sorry, Michael Parsons just has the number one defense in the league. He, he might have 20 sacks this year. You should be licking your chops at this game, like just trying to get your stats up because you know you're going to the playoffs. Brock Purdy's been playing well. You know, I, I wouldn't even play Micah Parsons tonight, let alone Tony Pollard. Like, what's the point? You know Micah. He's going to try to play any chance he gets. I would tell – I would lie to him. If I'm Big Mike and Jerry Jones, I would say, you know, Micah, be at the airport by 8 a.m. 
plainly is at like 6.30 a.m., something crazy like that. Just, Come just, on, to, man. just to make sure he's not on that plane. Because you know Michael right. Parsons, he's a baller. He's yeah, going to try to manipulate his way to get on the field, whether he's 15%, 75%, etc. You don't need that, Cowboy, especially not tonight. I know you want that number one seed, Chad, Cowboys mm-hmm. fans. I get that. But... Making a deep run in the playoffs is more important than this game in Week 17 against the Tennessee Titans. For your guy, that's your number one defensive uh, vocal point. Let him sit and let's see what happens. All right, we'll see what happens tonight. Crazy game developing there with the the uh, Titans and Cowboys. Whatever, you, what what else do you expect? It's the Cowboys and the Longhorns are going to play a bowl game. Forty five minutes after that game kicks, truly unique stuff tonight with our two circuses. Remember, Cowboys on one hundred one nine tonight, uh, and then the Longhorns on one hundred four nine and Coke FM. As always, you can uh, check out on the apps, the Horn app. Coke app, go to hornfm.com if you don't know how to use those apps or you need to get it loaded onto your Android or iPhone. We've got instructions for you, a tutorial there to show you how to do that. Just go to hornfm.com. Also, we'll have the live blog for you tonight, keeping up with the Longhorns as we always do, but also keeping you updated on the Cowboys and Titans. Up next, let's do a little Why Today Matters. It is December 29th. We will tell you uh, we got a couple birthdays to hit today, including the birthday of a coach that a lot of people want right now. We'll tell you who that is. Plus, it's an important day if you've forgotten to do something. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, it's Thursday. We're getting ready for all this crazy football tonight. Say, should I know it? How, how, how far back are we going here? 80s. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Sounds like a James Brown sample yeah. on, the front, on the front side. Yeah. Um, single artist or a group? Uh, Both. Both. All right. So is the person's name, it's like a name and somebody? Correct. Uh, okay, all right. Um, oh! No! <laughs> well, 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 we might have waited long enough. Yo, I knew you were waiting. It kind of sounds like Heavy D and the Boys. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Heavy D and the boys, uh, I, man. I was not about to guess that. Uh, it was. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. D. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Heavy D and the boys. Give me a thought on Heavy D. I've never heard anybody break down Heavy D. Where does he fit for you? Um, 
Well, classic 80s hip hop. Okay. Yeah. Respectable though. Oh yeah. Yeah. Big time respect. So he's in a group there in the 80s with like a LL yeah, Cool LL J, J, Run DMC, yeah, Run DMC, okay. Eric B and Rakim. Uh, that's the one I was about to guess. Big Daddy K. That might have made you Airbnb laugh. Because when you no. said it was a name and something, I was like, well, that's the only name and something coming into my mind. That would have made me laugh. Okay. That would make a guess. Okay, good. Uh, Heavy D and the boys joining, get this group, Timbuk3, Survivor, Bare Naked Ladies, and Linda Ronstadt. Oh, yeah, we've been all over the place, as always, today on a Thursday. And it's yeah. a it's a wild Thursday as the Longhorns and Cowboys are going to be playing at, at, at exactly the same time. Although somebody pointed out the way these college games, um, you know, the way these some of these games have been playing out, and that somebody's thinking maybe the Longhorn kick might actually get pushed a little bit. That's true. And the NFL always goes pretty quickly, so they're thinking maybe there's more of the Longhorn game that'll be by itself. But we will see. Zay, you've said you're not overly nervous as a Longhorn fan. You're still leaning a little bit towards a Washington pick in this game because uh, you think they're going to throw the ball a little bit better? Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to be objective with my nerves here. I mean, if the Texas wins, that's going to be fun and cool and all, but you know that the team going in next year, 2023, is going to look completely different. So it's it's kind of a bittersweet if it's a dub. Now, if it's a loss, it's about how they lose, and it's kind of the same thing. I know a lot of these guys won't be here next year, so it's hard to judge certain bowl games, especially without, you know, B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson, Demarion mm-hmm. Overshone, all those guys, they are big-time players, and they meant big to this team in 2022, especially from a leadership standpoint on and off the field, you know, that, that that's why I'm not nervous. That's why, you know, it's just not – it's a big-time game, but I what, whatever comes out of it doesn't affect me as much. There are only two college football games every year for every fan base. There are only two that get way too much positive or negative love because they get four months of talk after them, the bowl game and a spring game. Those are the two games that get taken way out of perspective – because it's just natural. You have four months between that game and the next thing you see. So, uh, But there is some momentum that can always be built. I do think nine wins is important. We talked about that. If they can get to nine, just like Washington's trying to hit 11. Yeah. That's a big way to finish. That is a big way to finish. You're right. That does look good from a recruiting standpoint. When you go into these right? four-star, five-star's house and say, hey, look where we went We're from five and seven to nine and four. You know, that, yeah. that looks a lot better than eight before. I agree. A, or eight and five. And you would have beaten a 10 win team for sure to do that. Uh, so that is big. We'll see how the Longhorns attack it. We've been discussing that today. We've been discussing the Cowboys and how they'll attack the Tennessee Titans' lack of players, essentially. Dobbs at quarterback. Yes, Joshua Dobbs at quarterback. Derrick Henry probably doesn't play. Simmons and some defensive players don't play. And there's already reports out there that the Cowboys are not going to play Tony Pollard. So we'll see as we get. Closer to kick. Remember, pregame is at 6 o'clock, 7.15 kick, over on 101.9, 104.9, and Coke FM will bring you the Longhorn game tonight, and we'll try to keep up with all of it at hornfm.com and on social media. Uh, keep uh, you know keep all the social media going, and uh, also be sure to follow the guys at horns247.com, at Jeff Howe 247, at Chip Brown 247 specifically. Those are the two guys that will be in San Antonio covering it for you. So, a lot going on today. Let's Let's tell you a little bit more about December 29th and why today matters. Here we go. Why today matters brought to you by.
you by Sinus and Snoring Specialists. Get Sinus and Snoring Relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialists, 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. Uh, first off, more bowl games. Halftime, Minnesota up 14-7 on Syracuse. Syracuse came back with a touchdown after being down 14-0. Great catch for Minnesota on that second oh. touchdown. Minnesota has a running back that's going to be solid in the NFL. Yeah, Ibrahim? Ibrahim, really yeah, he, he's going to be solid in the NFL. I think he'll be a steal for somebody. No doubt. Uh, two big brand names that are trying to get back to where they're supposed to be at 4.30 today. OU. And Florida State, Zay, I can't wait to see what kind of mindset OU is in. I'm guessing Florida State's going to be pretty fired up to get win number 10 against OU. It won't be a badass OU, but the brand is the brand. I want to know how OU comes into this game. This is in Orlando. They're 6-6. Six and six. Are the Sooners going to be focused and ready? We'll see. We'll see. I mean, Dylan Gabriel, who the Longhorns didn't have to see this year, they're a lot better with him on the field. We know he likes to run and you know he can throw it a little bit. You know, that southpaw of his. But I don't know. I think this is FSU's game. And look at the Big 12 in bowl games. As good as the Big 12 was this year, as much as we talk about it being the gauntlet and every game being tough, even Iowa State not making the bowl. They have one of the best defenses in the country. Big 12 has not fared well in these bowl games. Oklahoma State, they took an L. Yep. We know what happened in that cold-ass Baylor game. We saw what with Kansas, you know, last night. So besides Texas Tech, Tech's waving the flag. Hey, it runs it, through Lubbock. That's what Coach McGuire said. I guess this is what the hell he was talking about. Yeah. But yeah, if Oklahoma and Texas lose tonight, then you looking at one in five in bowl games right now. See what happens with Alabama and Kansas State. I ain't picking Kansas State in that game. I'll tell you that. Look at TCU and uh, uh, Michigan. I ain't picking TCU win that game uh, as of okay. right now. I'll tell you that. Okay. So it ain't looking too good for the Big 12. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough in those two. Uh, you gave me a thought there. Uh, I was going to ask about the semifinals. TCU-Michigan is the first game. So by the time that's over, as I've said, Ohio State will know whether a win would get them a rematch with Michigan. Um, what about the Ohio State-Georgia game? You think the Buckeyes are going to hang out there or maybe even beat them? Um, I think they'll hang around for a little bit. You can't knock the talent that Ohio State has, especially C.J. Stroud when he's clicking. But just there's so much talent for Kirby Smart's team, and they're looking to repeat. People are saying, you know, that might not be as good as last year. They got that to look forward to. You hear Sonny Dyke's crazy self talking about in this presser. Oh, you're sure we haven't had a bye week since week two. We, you know, week 10, we're not like the SEC teams. Week 10, you know, we're not playing the Citadel. Week 10, we play Texas. So I'm Kirby Smart. We might not be playing TCU, but I'm taking that to them and say, hey, they're disrespecting us. Yeah. Somebody in the team that we might have to play later is disrespecting us, disrespecting y'all and our schedule this year. Let's go put it on Ohio State. And then if TCU even makes it past Michigan, we damn sure go put it on them. If Sonny Dyke's talking crazy, yeah. even though he probably didn't mean it. So, oh, yeah. yeah. And, and by the way, he's right. He is. 
He's right. We talked. We talked about their schedule. They got that early, early buy. If you say Dax, you don't say that. No, no, I wouldn't say it. You don't say that. I'd let him say it to me in the hotel bar the night before <laughs> and tell him not to say it to the media. But he's right. Um, I mean, I, I get what he's saying there. The question is, can they keep up with that physicality that Michigan wants to throw out there? That's a fascinating matchup to me. I think TCU can hang out with with Michigan. Yeah, I think, no Blake I think Corum. That's a ball game. No Blake Corum. Absolutely, yeah, they can. That's a ball game. The other one is interesting to me. By the way, good news. For Ohio State and Georgia, Mayan Williams, the talented running back, he's going to be back for Ohio State. He's been out with just a little bit of a sickness, um, so he's back. And then, if you're a Georgia fan or you're rooting for the dogs, Jalen Carter now says the ankle's a hundred percent. Well, good because without the hundred percent over the last six games, he still had twenty-four tackles, six and a half tackles for loss, three sacks, and two forced fumbles. Yeah, that's while getting it healthy. And now, and remember, this is the guy that many are thinking is the first guy off the board that's not a quarterback. Right now, the projections have him like number two. McShay says he's number two overall to Seattle, and he wants to make sure he's 100% now because they're going after back-to-back titles. Yeah, I mean, with all the defensive players that Kirby Smart lost in the draft this year, for them to regroup like they did, we know they always have, you know, top three, top five recruiting classes every year. They did this year being right ahead of Texas at number two, so they're always going to have talent. But you also got to develop that talent. And they got a lot of young guys, freshmen in there, that have been terrific this season in the secondary. I don't think it's going to stop the role that they're on. And, yeah, even though Ohio State has talent, too, I think Georgia's going to win it all this year. Down and distance is going to be so important because I think Georgia, man, when Georgia can get you into like a third and long situation, they can absolutely strangle anybody out. Yeah. You got to keep that down and distance reasonable. Here's something else to keep in mind. I love the history of stuff in sports when it happens. Realize Georgia is trying to be the very first team in the CFP era to go back to back. Nobody's ever done it. I went back and double-checked things. Think about this. Bama went back in 16 to try to do it, lost to Clemson. That close loss. Then Clemson went back in 17 and tried to do it. They lost to Bama in the semifinal. Bama in 18 tried to go back and repeat, and they got busted up by Clemson. That was the Trevor Lawrence game. Then Clemson in 19 tries to go back and repeat, and they ran into the LSU team with Joe Burrow. Bama in 21 tries to go back-to-back, and they run into Georgia last year, and they win. So Georgia's trying to become the only back-to-back winner in the CFP era. If you want to talk about the last teams to do it, Bama in 11 and 12. That run they had from like 9 to 12, 09 to 12 is unreal. They went back-to-back in 11 and 12. Nebraska went back-to-back in 94-95. And if you want to get technical, USC technically did it in 03 04. Ah, but, yeah. but one of them's an AP title, and the other one has technically been taken away. But I've got eyes and ears, and I watched them whip OU that night, and they're still the national champs to me. Yeah, I'm, you I'm sorry. You don't think Kirby Smart's telling his dogs, hey, fellas, even though we won it last year, what will separate this team from last year's team? This team could go undefeated. Because last year's yeah. team lost to Alabama in the SEC championship yeah. game. So you kind of have that hanging over your head, even though you're the national champs. This team could just go flat out undefeated, which will separate them from that 2021 squad. If they go back to back, great point. Back to back, undefeated, and you're the first CFP. Because all those teams I just named, the you know, the back to backs, the Nebraska's and all, they didn't have to do a semifinal and yeah. then a final. Everybody that's been asked to do that, win it and then come back through a semi and a final, they can't do it. They haven't been able to do it. This would separate him, and he knows deep down what he wants. 
he wants to be able to say he's done something Saban hadn't done. For sure. That's the big one. For sure. Because Nick can say he's gone back-to-back. Nick can't say he's gone back-to-back in this system. No. So that is going to be huge. And then obviously a few years down the line, it'll get even tougher. When that thing expands out to 12, then a back-to-back champion is going to be like a back-to-back Super Bowl winner where we'll all have to just bow down. Yeah, but you know Ohio State, after getting embarrassed by Michigan, they're still a little PO'd, and they've had an extra time to think about that loss, an extra time to get ready while all these other teams were playing in their respected conference championship games. So let's look at that just – might be a yeah. factor too. Have you heard some of the comments coming from Ohio State? No. They're, they're so pissed off. Yeah. They're so pissed. <laughs> One of their defensive studs was talking about, oh, yeah, we're mad. Absolutely, we're yeah. mad. We're fired up about it. And then he said, and we, we, it's like, what do you see uh, from Georgia when you see film and blah, blah? He goes, you know, we're, we're studying hard. And he goes, but we feel like we have advantages on at, at each, each side of the ball and in each facet of the game, and we're just looking forward to trying to take advantage of it. Oh, the talent's right there for them, too. And they have the better quarterback. Love Stetson Bennett. You know, he was at the Heisman, too, sitting by C.J. Stroud. But Stetson Bennett, he ain't supposed to be a first-round pick this year. That guy in the Buckeye uniform is. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So say what you want about senior citizen Stetson Bennett and whatnot, what he could do. Yeah, the, the, the talent's right up there with Ohio State. They still get five stars just like you do at Georgia. So, yeah, yeah the talent will be right there. Yeah, that's going to be big time on Saturday. Both those games, 3 o'clock for TCU Michigan, 7 o'clock for Ohio State and Georgia, both on ESPN. Real quick, happy birthday to the guy a lot of people want. Sean Payton is 59 years old today. Still got that deal technically with the Saints, so you'd have to trade for him right now. Cowboys fans, you interested? Broncos fans interested? I keep wondering, did Denver make this move early? Because they're looking at something like a Sean Payton? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, obviously Sean Payton, the best thing that he's done in his career is winning that championship with the New Orleans Saints. I would say the worst thing that he's done in his career is not suing Kevin James for playing him in that biopic on Netflix. Kevin James playing Sean Payton, that might be the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. That's bad casting. What are we doing? Bad casting. Paul Bart Mall Cop, come on. Bad casting. And remember, when it comes to the old school discussion, Sean Payton, when he was in college, he set the records that Tony Romo ended up breaking. Ah. Eastern Illinois. Eastern Illinois guy. They were both quarterbacks at Eastern Illinois. Okay. How about that? Sean Payton, Eastern Illinois, and 59 years old today. Happy happy birthday. Did you appreciate... Sean Payton, when he was with the Cowboys, calling plays? Or did you, like, you know, did you miss him when he was gone during those Parcells runs? Um, I probably didn't appreciate him enough. I appreciated him, and I was sad when he was gone. Okay. Yes. I felt like, and then, and then it just as more time has gone by, it's just gotten worse and worse. <laughs> and Yeah. I was upset that they let a guy like that walk out of the office. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. Could not believe As much as Jerry loves to fall in love with young talent and hang on for dear life, how did he not see that one? How did he not see it and feel it and understand it? It's not like he's a defensive freak. It's not like that's what he was. That's Parcells. Yeah. Peyton is an offensive freak. It was staring you right in the face and you missed it. Yep. That's tough. Yeah, yeah. in the mess, Jerry. That's a tough one. That would be a great one at some point, but I think that ship has long, long ago sailed. We'll see if Sean Payton ends up somewhere or if he's going to hang out in broadcasting for a while and then duck back in in a couple years. Up next, stems and seeds. Before we get out of here, getting you set up for the action tonight with the Longhorns and the Cowboys going simultaneous. Plus, did you hear who's coming back to the NFL to face Tom Brady this week? We'll get you that blast from the past coming up. And no, it's not T.O. This is the horn.
Yeah, ladies, I know you're tired of the same old thing. Things have become so mundane. I mean, your bedroom is just so cold. It's so cold, but I'm here to tell you, I got a strategy. We got to heat it up. Come on. to wrap it up on a Thursday. Not Eddie Murphy. Not Eddie Murphy. But my guess is Jamie Foxx. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, you can hear it. You can hear that. Yo. Dude, that's a great delivery. Just knowing who he is, the confidence, the sexiness of this song, like every every woman, every man, woman, whoever it would be that would be attracted to Jamie Foxx would have no way of resisting this song. This is one of my favorite R&B songs of all time. Wow. Like, I tried to get this at the wedding, but my wife was like, ain't no way we're playing what? this sex song oh. with your too, mama and your it's daddy. It's way too sexy. But it's a hit. Well, Terrell, Texas legend, put it down. And plus, nobody knew this was coming. Like, this wasn't an era where social media was popping, so nobody oh, knew he God. was, like, making an R&B album. Everybody thought, okay, he's just doing his thing as an actor, you know, booty call, the Jamie Foxx show's hilarious. He would always sing on the Jamie Foxx show. Right. You knew he had the chops, So this you didn't is, know he was actually going to make an album. So this is in the run where he's become Jamie Foxx, but it's before, like, Ray and stuff like that. It's right around there. Right around, okay. It's right around Ray, Miami Vice, which is awful with Colin Farrell, but it's That's, right around yeah. that, like, era where... He's kind of done with TV, and he's really taking like movie roles seriously. Like he's done with right. the comic side of movie roles. He's a done bit. with the booty calls. Yeah, with the yeah, booty yeah. calls right. and all that, you know, corny stuff. Even though any given Sunday was a little serious. That's but, true. Oh yeah. But still, he really went in with Ray, and yeah, he got in his R and B bag, and Unpredictable is just a classic. That's a great song. You're right. Absolutely great setup. Everything about that is uh, is good stuff. Jamie Fox rounding it out. We also had Heavy D and the Boys. We had Tim Buck Three, Survivor, Bare Naked Ladies, and Linda Ronstadt on the show. A great Dre beat to start this hour as well. By the way, technically, when people talk about Heavy D, do they just say Heavy D or do you say Heavy D and the Boys? You just say Heavy D. That's what I thought. Yeah. I felt weird saying it there. Yeah. Like, I would think people just say Heavy D. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He would probably want you to mention the boys, but nobody knows the boys' names. I was going to say, do you think I get pissed if I'm one of the boys? Man, they don't know. <laughs> he would be nothing without the boys. <laughs> Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. All right. uh, Before we get out of here, let's get you a couple of stems and seeds, including the answer to the question we asked earlier. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678 or avconsultations.com. The answer to who's the coach in Denver is Jerry Rossberg. How about this connection? He's the guy they hired a couple weeks into the season when Hackett screwed up the game management stuff. (laughs) He's never been a head coach. He's an older guy, 64. uh, No, that was a 64-yard field goal. My bad. Not 64 years old. But he is on the older side of things. Um, And he has never been a head coach. He's been a special teams coordinator uh, with the Ravens for a while. That's the guy that's technically coaching Denver. Hey, Coach, I know you've never been a head coach before, but how about your first game of your head coaching career? you got to face against Patrick Mahomes. 
Good luck, dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good luck. How about that, too? What's worse, him against Mahomes or uh, Jared Stidham has got to face the Niners' defense? <laughs> Which one of those guys is in a worse situation? It might be Stidham. My God. It might be Stidham. I think it is, too. That is rough. All right, so Texas and Washington. Uh, Zay, call the first play for me. First play for Texas. What do you want? Because Sark, we know Sark wants to go deep. What do you want him to do? Uh, play action. Jonathan Brooks hit Jatavion Sanders across the middle, 20-yard gang. Oh, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Drag him to hell tonight, Sark. Lots of drag routes. Make him follow Xavier Worthy in that number one jersey through all kinds of Steph Curry-like, you know, screens and stuff. Do a lot of that. And I love your Jatavion Sanders uh, you think in addition to showing off Quinn Ewers, why not show everybody you got one of the craziest, freaky good tight ends? In college football right now. Yeah. Show it off. Who I think still didn't get utilized enough this year. No, of course he didn't. And he was breaking records. He was their third leading receiver, and I still agree with you. They did not show enough of what he is. Is he still, is he still rocking the zero? Yeah, he's still rocking zero. Yeah. Throw him, throw him that zero tonight. Yeah. Go three three to zero. And shout out to my guy Mike Harge, too. Let's get the ball to number four, Jordan Winnington. Yeah, him too. Hey, Give him a reason to want to come back next year. Top three receivers for Texas. A lot less yardage than Washington, but they're all going to be there tonight. That's right. Why not show them off? That's right. Let's see if Sark can pull it off tonight, and if the Longhorns can get to win number nine, you'll hear it on 104.9 and on Coke FM. Cowboys and Titans going to be uh, on 101.9 no matter who plays and who doesn't. Joshua Dobbs against Dak Prescott. Never thought I would say that out loud. Ball Don't Lie coming up then at 4 o'clock. They are live from Lavaca Street. Rock Rose in the domain. Domain Northside. Go on out there and see them. That's where the watch party is going to be to keep up with the Longhorns and the Cowboys. And we're back to talk about it tomorrow. See ya!